This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Hey guys, this is Liv. And Dave. And And you're you're listening listening to Conversations. Conversations. Wait, what did you say? Conversations. It's Conversations. That's what I said. Conversation. Wait, why are you saying it like that? I'm not saying it like anything. I'm saying conversation. What are you saying? Conversations. We're saying the same thing. Say conver. Conver. Now say stations. Stations. Now say conversations. Conversations. Okay, let's try this one more time. Mm-hmm. Hey guys, this is Liv. And Dave. And we're Pizza and Parsecs. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to conversations. conversations. I think you're saying it wrong. I'm pretty sure I'm saying the same thing you're saying. I am 99% sure you're wrong. I'm 99% sure we're saying the same thing. And you guys are listening to conversations. It's a translation to a Star Wars nation. It's a celebration. Hello, and welcome to Conversations. I'm Charles. And I'm Pat. And this is episode 54 in a galaxy full of black and white good and bad sometimes morality is not so simple the old contrasts get muddled some bad stains the good and some good brightens the bad not all is as it seems yeah so so count dooku Mm. Um, he's a very interesting character you know you know about anakin turning to the dark side and being the bad guy but Dooku turned to this side that he felt was more right. Yep. You know, there's there's such a moral gray there, which is why I said that in the intro. It's interesting because um, his character is has valid points, which I think I think makes a makes for a great villain. Yeah, you, know, you want you want a character that's got motivation. You know, mm-hmm. no one. It's not believable that people are just bad for the sake of being bad. Right, because it doesn't carry in a way. It's like, okay, well, obviously it's fictitious, and someone's bad just because they need a villain. You've got a villain that believes in his cause and is, or her cause, you know, that believes in their cause uh, that with that much conviction, then you know, from their perspective, the Jedi are evil. And absolutely, <laughs> little, little Anakin quote there, but um, <laughs> yeah, so it's. So it's it's interesting to see and to read up on, just kind of explore his history. It is. It's very interesting because, you know, f- throughout his entire character arc, his moral compass was always very much the forefront. And he wasn't sort of like a minion necessarily of Sidious, mm-hmm. although he was, you know, and he did what he his master told him to. He had sort of a side job running that also kept his... Whether it was the Outer Rim or Sereno or um, the failings of the Jedi Order, also in the back of his mind. And he did things that were outside of what Sidious wanted that followed more of his path (laughs) that, you know, allowed him to get to the goals that he thought were important as well as at the same time as being, you know, Sidious's apprentice and, and doing what his master tells him to. So it was very, he's extremely complex. And with the support material that that have come out since 
where we first meet, you know, uh, Dooku in uh, Attack of the Clones, that really enriches his character. Now, we I guess we have to start out with mentioning that he's portrayed by Christopher Lee, who's fantastic. Yes. And, like, evidently best friends with Grandma Tarkin. Yeah, isn't that so cool? Some of those pictures, yeah. like, in the 60s and yeah. stuff? That's so cool. Yeah, super cool. They've been I mean, plotting yeah. forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, in Tweed, no less. Empire. Right. They had like pullovers and cardigans on. It was strange. But, you know, whatever. Whatever works. Um, so, uh, yeah, he was uh, exceptional in the role because you could, even before all that supplementary material came out, you could tell there was more to him than just this surface level, you know, apprentice. Right. To mm-hmm. the set. Mm-hmm. So it was like, okay, yeah, um, you know, he was high profile, obviously, but it's like there's just the way that he delivers these lines, and, and just you could you could really see his motivation in his scenes as more than just, you know, I'm doing what my boss tells me. So I, as you mentioned, we first see him in the Attack of the Clones. However, as we mentioned, Count Dooku is the Count of Sereno. He was born on Sereno. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Count Gora of Sereno, his father, had uh, prejudice against Force users. He thought mm-hmm. they were freaks. He did not much care for them. So uh, as as Dooku was a, a youngling, as a child, he displayed some Force abilities. And Gora was like, oh, no, you're out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, so he called the Jedi Council or he uh, holophoned them or whatever. I don't know. He paged them. Maybe he paged them. I don't Holo know. text. I don't know. Yes. Yes. He basically is like, uh, come get this little freak because I don't know what to do with him. And uh, they're like, all right, we're on our way. So I guess it takes him a little while to get through hyperspace to Sereno. And he's like, I'm done with this fool. So he like kicks him out mm-hmm. in the forest. He leaves a baby at the edge of the forest. <laughs> because he's like so done with him and so freaked out by him. So of course, Dooku's in like imminent danger from all the wildlife in the forest. Essentially, the Jedi get there in time to save him from whatever, you know, hungry wildlife is there to devour him. And, you know, they're like, yeah, we'll take him back and train him. Mm-hmm. So of course, they take him to the temple and, um, you know, they do the training with him. He's, he's brought up in a, uh, clan of younglings right. and uh, Sifo Dyas is one of his clan mates in that training. Yeah, and essentially his best friend. I mean, the contrast between those two characters is fascinating where you have Sifo who's a sort of outgoing gregarious style person against even at a young age, Dooku was reserved, well-dressed, well-mannered he, he yeah. they always play like you know very the, smart yeah like, exactly like got good grades and stuff yeah like he, he was made fun of for being a nerd basically <laughs> i think that's why we're doing this episode it's nerd appreciation <laughs> um he didn't have friends no well like it, well that's it's all, it it's all very specific like he was a loner like he didn't talk to anybody and deal with anybody but psychedelia you know not necessarily brings him out of his shell but he makes him feel more comfortable and and ultimately um dooku can trust sifo and it really does look out for him throughout his yeah. whole life well until the end of course but yeah though so like you said oh, yeah <laughs> during training <laughs> they were inseparable essentially 
there was a, an event happening on Sereno. So he and Sifo, some other younglings, and Master Yoda went to this festival. And there was a ground quake. He was um, gone off with one of the um, like royal family children to see this archaeological site. So they're looking at these relics, and there was a ground quake, and like... It was a mess. Mm-hmm. And there's a bunch of stuff was destroyed and all. Yoda was calling out his name. And uh, it's the classic, like, we're taking you away from this, but keeping your name and hope no one finds out, maybe. Yeah. They, like yes. Luke Skywalker, <laughs> when they were hiding him from his father, Anakin Skywalker. Yeah, that sort of thing. So, um, so of course, of course. Count Gora was there at the site of the ground quake because he's the count and he's you know responsible for what's going on. So he's like, what's happened here? And he hears Yoda calling out to Dooku. And he's like, Dooku, that's a name I've not heard since I kicked you out in the forest. <laughs> and um, so he yelled at um, Yoda for bringing his son back to Sereno and like was basically like, I never want to see that freak again. Mm-hmm. And Which is terrible. It is. Like, what an awful person. Yes. Hey, that's prejudice. It is. So then, that's when Dooku learns about his lineage. Right. And and that he is a direct descendant of the, uh, the, the like, the royalty of Sereno. Correct. Um, under um, his father, the Count. But if you think, then, as the Jedi, going to this festival where they're going to have uh, a demonstration of lightsaber duels that's going to feature the masters and you bring younglings and you bring a person who was born on this planet trying all the time to remove attachments, familial attachments, uh, you know, from the younglings yet you're bringing them. Basically it's like taking a, an egg and putting it to the frying pan. So what did you expect as a Jedi council? I, well, like, well, we got, we got to take a step back. Okay. So you're the Jedi and you're like, we're going to do this festival on Sereno. And, like, the ruler of Sereno doesn't like Force users. Yes. Why is he okaying this? I don't understand. That's true. That's true. Because why would he be like, yeah, they're freaks. Get them away from me. Oh, you do Force stuff? All right, come here and show us. Give us a demonstration. The motivations behind this entire scenario are, are very strange to me. And, I, I don't, yeah, and I agree. I, but as a Je- <laughs> as a Jedi Council, the last thing you would want to do is right. bring is there a conflict. Exactly. However, <laughs> it does drive a great narrative <laughs> for <Yes>. a story. <laughs> Seeing this go so terribly wrong, I did not. Yeah, Meditate on this, I shall. Dooku's <laughs> <laughs> like. I've got a bad feeling about this. You said that um, he meets up with someone. Uh, I don't know what I said. Uh, said his, yeah, his sister. It's Jenza. Yes. Who he yes. Uh, meets up with. But yes. he doesn't know that, of course, at the time. Right, until the ground quake. Correct. And Which they can't use the term earthquake because it's not on Earth. I right. get it. Gotcha. Right. Whatever. And it was interesting about that when he did touch that uh, that relief of that sort of dragon beast that was like a fable, really. Yeah, um, uh, it did awaken something in him. He felt that sort of pang of uh, a rush of energy, and he had visions and all this crazy stuff was going on. And like you said, ultimately led to a ground quake, and then they were covered in massive boulders. 
And then Yoda and the other Jedi masters that were there come to this, this sort of uh, temple and they all work together to lift the rocks off of, um, off of himself and Jenza. And of course, Dooku in his somewhat arrogance thinks it's him who's actually lifting the rocks and is actually not. And then Sifo very quickly tells him, like, Oh, by the way, that wasn't you. That was Yoda. But yeah. um, you have <laughs> these, you know, three or four uh, Jedi masters who are working together to lift uh, these boulders off of them. And it, it was funny. It, it reminded me of some of the stuff that's going on in the high Republic right now, where you have this collective of Jedi at the height of their power, combining their force power to uh in this case you know lift a massive boulders or whatever but it was it's a sort of harken back to that which is pretty cool that is pretty cool you know what else is pretty cool the bogan collection oh that is that is fascinating that's like you know it's kind of the stuff that he got interested in then when he was exploring those relics so basically the the bogan collection is like dark side artifacts inside the jedi archives now if we had a um representative from the Jedi Archives to to help us navigate through this, that would be fantastic. But we don't. Uh, in lieu of that, we're going to butcher this story. Basically, you know, they, they had lessons in the archives mm-hmm. because that's what Jedi do. Right. And um, Jedi Cleus Teradine uh, was expelled from the Jedi Order. And this Jedi had a journal. Uh, Sifo-Dyas came into possession of this journal. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this this journal um, described this uh, Bogan collection and kind of uh, notated the different uh, artifacts that were in there and kind of uh, highlighted, you know, their importance to the Force, not necessarily to the Jedi, because it's not a story the Jedi would tell you. So and they didn't decided those, to, yeah. to, to break in. And didn't that journal also tell them how to actually find, like, the the way to get into the into this yeah okay that's right the Bogan yeah. collection yeah that's yeah. how it broke in right yeah. right right so so they did that and he again felt these strong connections to these objects so that kind of alludes to his future a little bit yes and Jedi Master Costana realized <laughs> that Dooku yes. was had a sensitivity for the dark side of the Force and she sensed yes. that and she actually did a, like a little sort of a little test for him to see what that was and she knew what was going on but i think for you know from her perspective she was unprepared for a just how strong of a force user he was becoming but also his connection to the dark side but that didn't scare her off because i mean she's an integral part of his history because she was very much outside of the jedi council not so much for becoming a sith but for understanding both sides of the force to be able to be aware of what dangers are coming and having a much wider view of the force itself versus just the good side. Yeah, and I think that's the plight of most of the Jedi is they're idealists and they look at one side of things. You know, we we see some of that in the Clone Wars with, uh, you know, like uh, the Clovis uh, storyline and things mm-hmm. like that where... There are not everyone that disagrees with the Republic and the Jedi are terrible, awful creatures. Mm -hmm. And it benefits them to know that, to realize that you can know stuff about the dark side without falling to the dark side. And kind of like knowing what leads people down those dark paths can help 
you and others avoid, avoid it, it in your own right. So it's not foolish to explore those things. And so that's that's what he did. He not only did they have an interest in it, but it makes sense. So knowing about these artifacts and, and what they stand for to the dark side or to the force itself is um, it makes sense. Yeah, and you summarized it perfectly in the intro where you got the, the I know. dark <laughs> but <laughs> the dark into the light and the light into the dark to make that gray is it it's the perspective of the gray that allows you to have the um, the awareness of both sides and being able to you know to avoid if you're a good force user either side you know or bad whatever that the case yeah. may be but it's that holistic view of what um, of what the force can be that only allows you to, as a teacher, especially if you're talking about the Jedi council or the training of the younglings or having um, a Padawan, you want to have that because without that, you can't help the Padawans avoid the dark side. Unfortunately, there's many stories of Padawans um, leaving the order and becoming Sith. That's obviously not a great thing. Right. Like too many. Yeah. So what I found interesting, I read that in, um, in, their Padawan tournament, Dooku defeated Sifo-Dyas yes. in a duel, blindfolded <laughs> with one hand behind his, his back. back. And they all knew the superiority yeah. of Dooku's lightsaber play. Yes. But going back to your point about the um, mentor that he had that, that was acknowledging the dark side. Oh, Kastana. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the one. Yeah. Um, so... He uh, tried to uh, gain her favor, and when it was when it was like little brother selection time, mm-hmm. um, he was he was hoping to be picked for the team. Yes, and and he was not, which you know upset him, and is one of one of the many things that kind of uh, sent him in a certain direction. And uh, but, however, she did select Sipo. Yes, yes, which so, is another fateful selection for sure. Right, yeah. So, so you know, he's got this teacher, and they're doing their missions and stuff. And Dooku's like, "Can can can I come? <laughs> I want to I want to come." So he ends up, um, they end up going on this mission, and he has a vision about a solar storm. Yes, and he wants to warn the planet that this storm is going to affect. And Yoda's like, "Nah, we good." Yeah, and he's like, "But they're going to die." And there's going to be carnage and death and destruction, and we should totally tell them. Yeah. And Yoda's like, nah, we're good. <laughs> so so then so he talks to Kastana and Sifo, and he's like, listen, I had this vision. I'm pretty sure this is going to happen. We should go warn them. So, of course, you know, they, they do. Ultimately, they, they mm-hmm. get there, and, and they— Without telling the council, by the way. Oh, yeah, of course. It's right. better to ask for forgiveness than permission. Right. But Kostana asked for permission and didn't get, <laughs> get it. permission. But that's Kostana <laughs> yeah. leading that charge. You know, obviously, right. Right. Um, uh, she's she was the one who took both obviously Sifo and Dooku with her because she was not, you know, preening them or grooming them. But she understood that a Sifo had the visions and was sort of very uh, integral part of that. Dooku was an extremely powerful force user. But she knew that they wouldn't spill the beans to the council. Right. And furthermore, I think we can all agree that the council doesn't always make the best choices. Correct. Case in point, like 
hey, you sent me to spy on the chancellor and, <laughs> I, you know, I'm a teenager and didn't really want to do it. And you're like, nah, you'll be fine. And then I'm like, guess what? He's bad news. And you're like, we'll see. <laughs> By the way, you're not in the council. <laughs> what do you mean? We'll see. Like, you specifically sent Anakin on this job as a spy. And he came back with the information you thought he was going to find. And they're like, eh, maybe. <laughs> like, what? what? No. No. That's not how that works. So anyway, um, so they get there. But with all this putzing around with the council, they get there later than they would have liked to. Mm -hmm. So they warn the people. And the people are like, ah, we got a jet. But guess what? A solar storm comes and kills many of them. Which, uh, you know, uh, who would have seen that coming? So at that point, Dooku was pissed. And he's like, if you MFers listen to me, it's, it's, it's a multi-forcers. Multi right, right, right. Yeah. Um, if you listen to me, we could have sent several Jedi to help. And even if they were later than they wanted to be, they could have helped more people. Yeah. And he was like, I, t I tried to tell you guys this and you ignored me. So that definitely shook his faith in mm -hmm. uh, in the Jedi Council as well as the Republic. And what's an interesting aspect of that too is that this planet was critical for the production of Bacta. And that also plays into the future of Dooku where Jedi Council was somewhat jaded in its view of the galaxy where if there's a concerted need for a planet's resources they ranked higher in response, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that a bit later on, but. And, um, and that's really, um, again, another piece of puzzle that led him down that path. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, with him being a political idealist, he saw the corruption in the Senate and the, <laughs> this is going to sound real familiar. The outdated and rigid traditions of the Jedi. <laughs> like, uh, we have all these rules, except for Kiati Mundi, who can have a bunch of wives and kids and stuff, because, like, there's not many males in his species. Right. We're going to bend and break those rules. Uh -huh. But, but, nobody else can. When Yoda took Dooku as his Padawan, and all of this stuff that we were talking about with Kostana and the Visions... Not only that, but also another dark side planet. She took them on a, an adventure to um, where, it, funny enough, actually, Sifo had a vision on this planet where he envisioned, quote unquote, hundreds of thousands of soldiers. So he like had a vision of these clones way back when as a Padawan, yeah. all under the guise of, hey, don't tell the council and Dooku, don't tell your master, Yoda, because he's probably not going to like this. Right. You've got all this going on while in the future, Dooku takes Rail Avaros and then takes Qui-Gon Jinn as Padawans, yeah. who are certainly examples of outside of the order thinking. Right. Ultimately, Dooku gets fed up with all this nonsense. And he's like, I'm out of here. And he's like, wait a minute. I'm a count. Mm. Well, well, he goes back to, to Sereno, and I guess his brother's a jerk, and he's giving yes. his sister a rough time and all this. He goes back to Sereno, and um, 
kind of helps his sister to overthrow their brother. And then, um, you know, she's like, thanks, and you're the count, by the way. Mm. So, um, so that's what he does. He reclaims the title and his birthright, and he ends up, uh, you know, presiding over Sereno, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Um, and he has uh, a lot of wealth and prosperity. But for, for a while, he just kind of hangs out. Like he's almost like a hermit. Yeah, uh, and you know, it's it's a very interesting point because, you know, Ramil, his brother, who was the count after their father died, was making deals with hired guns and didn't pay his debts, so he was just running the place roughshod. And at that point, we touched upon this in our um, banking clan episode where we talked about uh, the outer rim territories and how the trade routes were being taxed and all this other stuff was going on politically and Count Dooku as a member of the Count of the Jedi Council was trying to uh, change the viewpoint of the Senate that, Hey, look, we need a secure hyperspace route so that mm-hmm. the outer rim territories are secured and protected because we mm-hmm. can't go out on all these outer rim planets. We don't have enough Jedi. We just can't do it. And so right. as soon as this crisis evolves on uh, Serrano, him, Costana, and of course, Sifo-Dyas then head to surround it, like you said, overthrow his brother's ineptitude. Um, <laughs> and that beast that we talked about a while ago, which wasn't just a fable, he actually awakened that beast. And this beast ends up breaking through the, um, the crust of the planet and uh, mm-hmm. with, with the uh, explosion brings up these ultra rare minerals. And then suddenly mm-hmm. the, the Jedi that showed up with them like, oh, wow, look at these rare minerals. Hey, we can help you protect this planet. And literally, he, <laughs> he was like, oh, yeah, now that because we have something you want, you want to come and right. save us? Yeah, peace out. Guess what? I'm out of the Jedi Order. I'll take my count title. And then he, you know, that's essentially that's what he did with um, with Yoda. It's like, you know, he, you know, hollowed him and said, hey, look, I'm done. I'm, I'm out of the, the Jedi Council. I'm out of yeah. I'm out as being a Jedi. Here's my lightsaber. And, and of course, Yoda was like, yeah, you can keep it. <laughs> Here's my here's my lightsaber, my badge. It's like a, it's like a intergalactic cop. Yeah, and it, but it finished that arc of what's the intent of the Jedi Council or the Jedi from from that matter? Is it because it's for the greater good of the galaxy, or is there an ulterior motive? And he was he never left his his love or his passion for his home planet and the outer rim. And at the end of it, he saw that guess what? I I can see through your guys you know, veil of, oh, the holier than thou uh, aspect. Yeah. And the almighty protectors. And exactly. Right. And, uh, you know, even though he did that, you know, most of his Jedi peers disagreed with him doing that um, mm-hmm. and and wished he didn't. But they still respected him because he was still, you know, very intelligent, very wise and, and, and cordial. Like he's, he's a decent human being. So they, they still kind of revered him as an individual. But uh, so he's, uh, he's, he became the last member of the Lost 20. You know, I think that's something else we talk about later. Absolutely. That's a cool topic. It is. And those statues are a fascinating topic. And they touch upon that too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But before we get to that. So bookmark that. For we later. are. And we're also going to bookmark a commercial spot right here. Before we get to the next section, we're going to take a quick break. (laughs) We'll be right back. (laughs) 
Have you an upcoming meeting with an intimidating moth? Has a recent skirmish with resistant scum left your dress black scorched and dirty? It doesn't leave a very good impression. With First Order Dry Cleaning's new and improved processes, we'll have your commanding officers thinking you look superior. Captain Farine, this cover must be pressed at once. I have a very important hollow meeting with the Supreme Leader at midday. R right away, sir. But uh, why, why does it appear as if it were wrong nervously? Never you mind how it looks, only that it looks presentable now! Looking your best and being your best is the only way to impress. That's why we have activated eight fully equipped and operational service bays in each crew level of every Super Star Destroyer and convenient drop-offs across from the refreshers on all transport vessels. Representing the First Order means having your uniform in order. The Supreme Leader expects nothing less. Do what must be done. And we're back! All right. We are back! <laughs> Thank you to our sponsors and uh, their awesome spot that we just heard. So, alright, so we get to the meat and potatoes here. Yes. Okay. So we've been doing all this talk about Count Dooku, which is cool. But now we get to talk about Darth Tyrannus. Exactly. And by the way, if you think about it, all that like backs name. It's got a cool name. It's fantastic. It's extremely yeah. imposing, but still yeah. regal. If you think about it, it's pretty regal right, too. Right. <laughs> Fits his character. The first half of the show was just his backstory. And that's yeah. how deep his character has become. And we still have the depth of the Clone Wars to to go through, you know, like the, the you know the animated series again, even further bolster his prequel trilogy stuff. So, anyways, just an aside, but just fantastic to begin with. Yes. So he's the Count of Sereno, and he's just kind of hanging out, being all hermity. I don't know. I feel like he's like the refined Jack Sparrow at the end of Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Mm -hmm. He's just yeah, he's just sitting there, you know, on top of all his his. Um, fortunes um, or he's like scrooge mcduck i don't know either way um some disney character maybe yeah um, throw in some spats and you're good yeah <laughs> some spats oh <laughs> uh, he'd wear spats he would um yes so so basically darth sidious knew that he had this penchant for the Ooh, dark side nice and that he was no longer in the jedi order so it's a lot easier to turn somebody away from the Jedi if they've already left the Jedi. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and living on a, an Outer Rim planet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's weird because nothing happens on the Outer Rim, such as clone armies or droid army manufacturing. I don't know. Or um, Luke Skywalker. <laughs> yeah, who's that? Anyway, yeah, it's like the perfect setup for um, Palpatine's plan. So basically, he's like, listen, um, I got this separative movement, and uh, I'm trying to start this thing up. I need somebody to lead it. And guess what? We don't like the Jedi. And Dooku's like, what a coincidence. I don't like the Jedi. So 
so they they very easily hook up in terms of uh, working together and all. He of course you know becomes a Sith apprentice mm-hmm. and uh, gets the the title Darth Tyrannus. Yeah. Again, we talked about how awesome his name is. <laughs> uh, and uh, so basically, as Palpatine was working behind the scenes and in front of the scenes to, you know rise through the rungs of power and and become the chancellor and then the emperor and then the supreme all-being guy that's in episode nine um dooku is doing his own thing that's kind of under the leadership of palpatine right but still has freedom yes you know Mm -hmm. he's like he's not a boss but you know he can he can run his own ship yeah so so that's what he does. Basically, he, knowing Sifo-Dyas and, and being so close to him, he knew about his visions mm-hmm. of the clone, you know, of the army. And he's like, hey, so I feel like there's going to be like a galactic war or big battle. And um, remember that vision you had? <laughs> that's probably not a bad idea. So... So Sifo's like, yeah, it's probably a good idea if what you're saying is true. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so basically he convinces sifo to to meet with the Kaminoans mm-hmm. to clone this army. Dooku recruited Jango Fett for the program. You know, so he gets sifo to to, you know, get this um, ball rolling on the cloning for this army. He's like, that's a great idea. Oh, crap. Sifo-Dyas is still a Jedi. And, like, last thing we need is him going back and being like, yeah, remember Dooku? So, you know, we kind of reconnected, and he convinced me to um, clone this bounty hunter to make an army. You know, like, <laughs> that's that's very incriminating. Yes. Because I think I think he manipulated um, Sifo-Dyas uh, quite a bit to make that happen. I agree. Uh, and yep. Sypha, poor, poor Sypha was was blind to his intention. I don't think that the council would have been as blind, and they would have been like, "Dooku, you say we got to get him." Yes, you know. So he had to make sure that that didn't get out. And I think that comes back to the relationship we talked about in the first part before the commercial break, where you know, you got Castana, who's the the master of. Sifo-Dyas, right? He's a Padawan, and so they had that relationship, and obviously he became a master, and mm-hmm. he certainly suffered from these visions throughout his entire life. And Kostana was this sort of protector for his whole life. So he had mm-hmm. that that failing, and Dooku having that history with him, but he also used uh, Sifo for his gains. And just like you said, you can make that conjecture where Dooku, while still being honest to himself and following his own path still was under the guise of Darth Sidious and his plan you know and if he said jump Dooku would say how high this is part of his master plan go get me an army he Mm -hmm. used Sifo and that's pretty nasty especially with the way it ended for Sifo Um, it's kind of you know nasty in the sense that he took advantage of his friend because he knew, A, if it wasn't for, for sifo he wouldn't know about the whole clone army. Would never even have been a seed in his mind. And at the end of it, um, it, uh, it he, he, paid, he paid the ultimate price for it. Yeah, uh, so, so Tyrannus uh, contacts the Pike Syndicate to um, 
yep. to do away with with Sipho. So mm-hmm. as he's as he's flying his his shuttle, they um they shoot it down and he dies. Yeah, it's terrible. It is terrible. terrible because he used him to fulfill Darth Sidious's plan. Mm-hmm. Used the friendship of Sipho Dyas to get the clone army made, and yeah. did his best to hide all the traces yes. until that what Silman I think what his name is that aide sort of pr- cropped up yes. and um sort of blew the whole plan out and that's where it's such a I mean we talk about and I know how many times have I said that I never watched the clone wars as a as a rule because it was a kid show and animation blah 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 one of those last episodes of season yeah. 6 before yeah. we had the clone wars saved and you have Anakin and Obi-Wan and what three dozen Pike Syndicate security officers plus the Pike Syndicate representative or whatever like leader uh on this deck and you've got Dooku who's holding off all these people with his yeah. superior lightsaber skills which Absolutely. is reinforced in the movies Anakin and Obi-Wan saying how could you do this and Dooku like throws a line like what are you talking about Obi-Wan I told you this entire plot yeah when he on- was in the tractor beam yeah, on, on Geonosis. It's, like, it's in the energy field. Yeah, yeah. I told yeah. you everything. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Remember when I said join me because of all this crap going down? I meant join me because all this crap is going down. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So all of this stuff is going on. I, I, I don't quite remember it yeah, going that way. It's blurry at this point. <laughs> yes, I, it was the fourth track of me and I confused me. I'm sorry. So you've got that pivotal moment of realization that this is all crumbling. The clone army uh, is revealed. Uh, Mm -hmm. Fives, just like two or three episodes previous to this, had discovered the chip. It's all coming to a head at this point. Yet if the Jedi and Obi-Wan included had a clarity of mind to sort of realize what's going on, all of this could have been avoided. If only someone told them what was happening. And who told them? A Sith. Go figure. <laughs> yeah, weird, right? So, yeah. So, so not only that, but like as the droid army was was being manufactured on Geonosis, Dooku trained Grievous in lightsaber combat and Ventress Ooh, in lightsaber combat and the use of the Force. Mm. So he had a, a couple uh, heavy hitters in his uh, on his team there that could help complicate things for the Republic. <laughs> and not only that, Sidious caught wind of Dooku's apprentice and, and basically was like, do what must be done and, um, and get rid of this one. So, you know, he attempts to get rid of her he's not very successful but um no. he basically is like it's over ventress i have the high ground no um <laughs> it's over Vent. like we can't do this because my boss is pissed at me so you gotta go mm-hmm. but then in classic sith style he's like wait darth maul's got a brother <laughs> oh, damn, let's do this So, so yeah, he basically is like, oh, yeah, now I got Savage. Yeah. So we're going to train him up, you know, give him that uh, 
that the the you know night sister magic get him mm-hmm. all jacked up like hulk and uh <laughs> you know and and put a uh dangerous object in his hand what yeah. could go wrong? so <laughs> way um, to go on that one <laughs> yeah that worked out exactly how i thought it would so sidious uh kills him obviously mm-hmm. because he's sidious yes and um and so then in typical sith style again <laughs> You know, uh, then Duke is like, well, who do we got? Got Quinlan Voss. Mm. Tap him. Yeah, so he's just uh, constantly not learning from his mistakes. Then Palpatine has to, like, dispose of his secret apprentices and all Mm -hmm. this. Very annoying. So then basically he's like, look, this is your last shot. If you don't defeat this teenager and his uh, his weird uncle, then that's it. You're done. (laughs) His weird uncle? (laughs) What, his big brother? I don't know. Um, well, yeah, he was his brother. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, he obviously fails at that. Mm-hmm. So then I and it was all a test, obviously, for everyone. Everyone for, for Obi Wan, for Anakin, for Dooku. So if Dooku had defeated Anakin, he would have he would have remained correct. The, yeah, the, totally. That's Sidious's whole plan is like, look, you know, I want the best candidate. Yes. So I'm gonna pitch you two against each other, and whoever comes out on top is 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 the one I want. Right. You know, he he, he does. Unfortunately for us as the viewer, he does uh, meet his end. Uh, well, I mean, it's it's an eye for an eye, an arm for an arm, a head for a head, whatever. Oh, uh, so oh man. He. <laughs> He defeats Anakin uh, initially in the Attack of the Clones and uh, lops off his hand. Go mm-hmm. figure. Um, another <laughs> Skywalker without a limb. Huh? Who would have saw that? Um, so he does that. And then um, so now Anakin is already looking for revenge because mm-hmm. he's, he's, you know, twice as powerful as, as, uh, as, as when they last met. So mm-hmm. he's like so full of himself anyway. But um, – so he's already looking for revenge, and yeah. then when he's got him against the ropes, it doesn't help that he's got the most evil creature in the galaxy being like, cut his head off, yeah. be a murderer. Do it, yeah. And he's like, okay. And then, of course, immediately he's like, whoops, oh, no. So <laughs> it's like, you know, unfortunate for both of them. The only one it's fortunate for is, is Sidious because yeah, he's right. the only one that makes out. Absolutely. It 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 snuffs out the life of of Count Dooku. It further cements Anakin's, you know, track. Yeah. Down uh to the dark, dark side. side. And you can see it on Dooku's face, like, dude, what? Yeah. He's like, what? I thought we, I, I thought we were I, bros, and then like, no. <laughs> But I only tried to have three secret apprentices. That's it. <laughs> That's a great point because you've got Ventress, who's a fantastic character and very deep character and plays a huge role in Dooku Jedi Lost. And you see the transformation of her character as a from a um, Force-sensitive child. Jedi yeah, exactly. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, go figure. You've got huh. um, Savage, which was ultimately um, sparked maul's discovery and then you've got quinlan Voss. all of these characters 
that Dooku brought upon himself as quote-unquote apprentices, even though the Sith always looked upon as a master and apprentice, the apprentice always trying to overthrow the, the master. Right. Whether or not Dooku was being honest with these assassins or underlings doesn't really matter. He brought them to the forefront of what he needed to get done, whether it be for his bidding or for Sidious's. And like you said, when they got powerful enough, like with Ventress, Sidious was like, oh, oof, I just felt the disturbance in the force. Yeah, get rid of Ventress. Thank you. You know, and so <laughs> there was a um, <laughs> a freshness date definitely assigned to each of these characters because they obviously gained their power. So then you fast forward to his demise and all that backstory from him is now gone. He's got the scissor uh, lightsabers, <laughs> the scissor blades. <laughs> At the foot of Palpatine, who's grooming Anakin to become his new apprentice, all of that is gone. The, the years of, of um, toiling and the years of tasks and machinations comes down to a split second decision of like, hey, cut off his head. Let's get out of here. And Look, Dooku's like, oh, wow. Yeah, well, uh, but you are my brother. Um <laughs> Yeah, so it's really one of those situations where you as the viewer know what's next. Mm -hmm. He's failed him. He's he's undermined him. And of all people, Palpatine knows what happens as an apprentice as you gain more power. Exactly. You kill your master. Like yep. he's like he basically wrote the book on it. Mm -hmm. So um so Dooku's going out, you know, stepping out on his own and taking his apprentices and and kind of doing some of his own stuff. And Palpatine's just like, you know what? If you can beat this kid, maybe you have a shot. But if you can, I have no more use for you. And ultimately, that was his plan, right? Like, it. you knew that, that he had, I'll let you play in, in the sandbox as long as I see fit. Whenever yeah. you're done, I'll get rid of you. That's Sheesh. it. And out with next week's garbage. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it's just, it's, you know, again... You think of him as a character and, and, and all he's done, um, good and bad, made me bad. But, um, and for that to all come down to, nah, you're done. Yeah. Bye. It's, it's, it's sad for the character. It is. But, I mean, again, he's a bad guy. You gotta remember he's a bad guy. He's a bad guy. But that's the gray. He's got his certain ideals and, and he certainly sticks to them. And does what he feels is right, but um, but at the same time, uh, ultimately is at the the bidding of Palpatine. You know, I think it was Avaros who introduced him in uh, Dooku Jedi Lost. Just as an as an aside, I think at that last encounter when they're on that planet where his brother was in that race and his uh, ship was sabotaged, and Avaros introduced uh, Senator Palpatine to. Dooku at that point obviously way before all this happened you know somewhat of an innocent introduction but of course laid the the plan yep. for the entire galaxy the Dooku Jedi Lost novel by Kevin Scott certainly allowed for us to understand where Dooku started first of all as you said as a rejected child becomes adopted by the Jedi. They send him back into the frying pan of Serrano and sets him off on this path of like, wow, this is my home planet, but I'm being rejected. Mm -hmm. It's extremely influential on his trajectory throughout his entire yeah. story arc until the end where he ultimately becomes 
the uh, one of the tools that is disposed of by Sidious because he doesn't need him anymore because he's got Anakin. And that's really quite tragic. Yes. In that scene, in his, his final scene, do you think... What do you think was going through his mind? Like, how do you think Dooku saw that playing out with him um, kidnapping Palpatine? Oh, I totally think that it was a ploy to get rid of Skywalker and that Dooku. So so you think that, you know, Skywalker and Obi-Wan come upon him and Palpatine and Dooku thinks... All right, now we've sprung the trap, and then we just kill him. Yes, because his expression on his face yeah. is like, whoa, this wasn't the yeah. plan. Yeah, so right. from Dooku's perspective, it was about eliminating... That's what he thought was going to happen. Yes. Was now, so then we take out Obi-Wan, mm-hmm. okay? We crush him with terrible yeah. CGI. He's got scaffolding on top of him, yeah. So now, essentially, Kenobi is, is done. Yes. Okay. If they make no effort to save him, he's dead. He's dead, mm-hmm. which he would have been had they not picked him up and and yeah. back and and Yoda rided him. Um, <laughs> and uh, Sidious wanted that. He says, "Leave him. We don't have time for absolutely. this." Absolutely, of yeah, course he of did. Of course he does. He's, he's a Jedi. Positive influence in Anakin's <laughs> life. Of course he doesn't want him there. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. Let's see. Um, my plan is almost to fruition. What's the one thing that could screw this up? Obi-Wan. The beard sure. guy. <laughs> Kenopi. Um, Kenobeard. So, yeah. So it, he's out of the picture. Yeah. And so it's just Dooku and Sidious mm-hmm. versus Anakin. Yes. Like, and so I, I feel as though Dooku thought they had it in the bag because Sidious could beat him. Yeah. Yeah. Dooku might beat him, but together, of course, they're going to beat him. Right. That's how he sees it. But then, you know, Palpatine sees it as, well, I got, I got option A and option B here. Correct. So, uh, see how this thing pans out. And, uh, yep. you know, I, I'm the victor because I haven't chosen one poorly. Um, mm. <laughs> I've um, got the victor, which is then the strongest. Right, right. And he even and points he that out to... Um, I can't remember who it is, but he literally says, I've got a younger, stronger apprentice yeah. who's going to help us, you know, fulfill our plans. And yeah. that obviously being Anakin. And if... I thought it was Obi-Wan. No. Um, oh. so, All right. so to continue <laughs> what you're saying is that if Obi-Wan's out of the equation, he's going to die on this ship. Yeah. His two options for an apprentice are, are going to eliminate each other. Because of the prowess that we've not only seen in the movies with uh, Dooku not only dueling against Obi-Wan and Anakin, but also against Yoda, Anakin, once Obi-Wan is taken out of the equation, pretty quickly dominates Dooku and has him in this absolutely, you know, ultimately a very vulnerable position. Do you think Palpatine had any influence on that battle to where if Anakin would be able to behead Dooku, then obviously Anakin was going to be his apprentice. If not, he was going to like force lightning him and then Dooku, you've always been my first choice and let's go forward and let's take care of all this. 
Do you yeah. think that wasn't ever like a sort of a, a scenario in Palpatine's head? Absolutely. Um, he's He wants the best. If Anakin was unable to defeat Dooku, Anakin would have would have met the same fate that Dooku did. Nice. Okay. okay. Absolutely. As far as Palpatine's concerned. Mm-hmm. Now, Anakin would have had that same look on his face. Yeah. No, totally. Oh, yeah. I thought, you know, you were like a father to me. And he's like, oh, well, bye. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yep. Crispy, medium well. <laughs> um, yeah, I have no doubt that, that he would have that he would have done the same to Anakin. Absolutely. And that's the signature. That's, that's how he is. That's exactly how he is. I almost feel like we need to do a um, do an episode on on Sidious and and kind of his plans and how they work out so well for him. <laughs> usually, yes, usually ends up in uh, episode nine. Yeah, weird. <laughs> yeah, so I think um, I think that's that's the yeah. uh, that's the that's the skinny on uh, our Count of Sereno. Yeah fascinating character with a extremely rich background and not necessarily conflicted but definitely again i don't want to you know go back to your intro but how often he saw both sides of that and understood what he needed to do to advance his agenda but also the agenda of his master without you know being killed because how many times did we hear in the clone wars you have failed me yet again or you need to prove yourself not only from Sidious to Dooku, but from Dooku to Ventress or Dooku to Savage, it, it, you have this constant uh, reminder that you are never good enough in this in the yeah. Sith eyes, and you're constantly trying to prove yourself. And that carries over to the Empire, like Vader. That's the thing is he's always like, "You failed me. That's it. You're done." You know, like he's just he's just. Taking people out. Failure is like the worst. Yeah. Like you might as well be nowhere near anyone if yeah. you fail the Empire. Totally. Like you better just like hop in that escape pod and, and hope for the best. <laughs> Take that sail ship and uh stay off the radar and go very far. Yeah, because yeah, uh and it's not gonna end well for you. Um so yeah, I mean that's and that's that's basically vader's doing which he learned from sidious you know back Mm -hmm. in the in the um in the times of the uh the republic yep yep wow so complex so cool yeah i'm glad i uh decided to do this episode this is a fantastic idea for a character (laughs) you haven't listened to dooku jedi lost it's uh it's like a play on an audiobook um multi voice actors and it's it's fantastic but also the depth of character development for dooku is top notch so definitely recommend that for a listen indeed so um i guess we've got some bonus features uh on this dvd Um, (laughs) we do (laughs) remember dvds yeah (laughs) put in the special features put in special features (laughs) you know it's great we don't have to rewind. Exactly. Be kind. Rewind. <laughs> uh, so watch the last blockbuster. Isn't it good? It is good. I, I was under the, the false impression, thankfully under the false impression, that when we when we saw our buddy James Arnold Taylor at the beginning, that it was like, 
oh, that was it? He said like three sentences. That's it. Yeah. But then I was, I was uh, you know, very happy to see him um, uh, further on in the film as well. Right. But yes, yeah. bonus features. Bonus features. Yes, we do have bonus. That's such a weird tangent. But yes, <laughs> bonus features. Look, any way, any way that we can shoehorn James Arnold Taylor into the podcast. Yes. We will take. Until he, until we can shoehorn James Arnold Taylor into the podcast, we'll do it any way we can. <laughs> and then beyond. Yes. Beyond that. Yes. I don't think it will ever stop. No, it won't. <laughs> if there's ever an episode that doesn't have anything to do with James Arnold Taylor, I may quit. <laughs> it's in the contract, everybody. It's a it fine is. print. It is. And I'll take my severance pay and everything else. <laughs> you two weeks Wait. vacation. What do you mean we're not getting paid for this? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> All right. We've got a Twitter poll. So, um, yes, let's see what that is. So, yes, we, we ran a Twitter poll, as uh, Pat alluded to. And uh, the Twitter poll was, this week's show is about Count Dooku, an immensely rich character who has greatly benefited from additional stories. Which is your favorite? We had four options. First option being the Clone Wars 2008. So, like the, uh -huh. the Clone Wars uh, official canon. Yes. The Clone Wars Tartakovsky, like the 2003 version, uh, which just came yeah. on Disney+, Plus, which is fantastic. But yes. it's not canon, but still pretty cool. Especially that how um, Dooku met uh, Ventress, which is pretty cool. Um, and furthermore, I think like he looks. Most of the characters look less realistic than the Clone Wars anime right? series. Dooku looks more realistic in that. He does. <laughs> he looks fantastic. He does. I love him. <laughs> He's the best. Um, All right. Third option, option three. option three was Dooku Jedi Lost, which we talked about tonight. Uh, and uh, fourth option was, wait, you have a podcast? So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so yep. uh, at the bottom of the uh, ranking was the Clone Wars Tartakovsky version of the Clone Wars, which was 5%. Okay. And um, we had 55 votes, by the way. So it was, it was well represented. Healthy. healthy yeah, healthy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, second to last was uh wait you have a podcast oh, so <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so hopefully we've turned some uh people onto the podcast that hey wait a second i didn't know you had a podcast and well, they don't listen but they know we have it right right don't blame which them is, of course which is yeah i mean that's i'll take it <laughs> <laughs> and for about two days the clone wars and dooku jedi lost were neck and neck for oh first position of influential parts of the story um wow. eventually the clone wars won out with 47 percent of the vote and dooku jedi lost had 40 percent of the vote so oh, okay. very interesting okay um cool, cool. that's good because you got you got a lot of a lot of good dooku action right right um we did get some direct responses from the poll um oh, jeff oh. over at the blue milk cafe he uh definitely was a fan of the clone wars um version of dooku so he would definitely he responded with a gif on that one so for sure then we had uh darth papa bear replied right. that uh i so wanted to hit the wait you have a podcast just because it's a monday uh but he ended up going with uh the clone wars because <laughs> <laughs> it's a monday all right <laughs> and uh 
uh, Force Losers podcast, uh, who, of course, uh, just yeah. like the Blue Milk Cafe are part of the Red 5 Network. Um, <laughs> they responded with, the one where he sent the Urukai to snatch Mary and Pippin and bring them back to Sereno. Oh, yes. wait. <laughs> that was a great, I love that one. So they pulled out a, uh, a Christopher Lord Lee uh, Lord of the Rings reference there. Yes. 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 I do I do enjoy um, uh, little, little Saruman. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that was the results of the uh, the poll. So very interesting. And... Urukai. <laughs> All right, that was a good one. Yes, I like that, that. very good, very good. Certainly demonstrated his uh, wizardly ability, uh, his Jedi-like abilities. Yeah. <laughs> Space wizard, right? Space wizard. Yeah, right. Right, that's the one. So Camray, who's ah uh, in- yes, Cam of of Cam persuasions, fame. Cam persuasions, who um you know he took that back and he understood his uh his failings and missteps in that. So he uh, did. He, he failed us for the last time. Right, right. He launched Cam EIO. It was brilliant. And he did one for us. Personalized nursery rhymes to you from Cam EIO. Conversations, conversations. Pat and Charles are Star Wars podcast stars. One is tall, the other small, but they're not short on laughs at all. Fantastic commercial parodies, shenanigans, and Luke foolery. It's so good. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it's so clever and so fun that I don't even realize there's a short joke in there. <laughs> I'm not complaining. I mean, I prefer my short jokes to fly under the radar. Because they're short. Because most of them do. <laughs> right. Right, exactly. But, yes, um, I, I, I watched the clip. It's a video. Yes. For those of you that don't know, it's not just a soundbite. Yes. It's a video of him serenading us. With yes. And um, I watched it several times. I think it's hilarious. I think he's hilarious. If you aren't familiar with him, um, consider yourself lucky. Um, <laughs> but no, for uh, in all honesty, he's, he's a great guy. He's a good friend. And um, he's immensely talented and and funny i appreciate that charles is indifferent to it um (laughs) but um i i hope to see more handjinks and Mm. look from from him in the future as well yes well cam ray is uh, one of the producers of uh the intergalactic pun races of which there are subjects that he's going to throw out at random and we have to come up with star wars puns live so this will be coming out this summer, and uh, like on Twitter, on on YouTube. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm still exempt. Yes. Okay, well, well, we can get you a YouTube account. Um, oh crap! <laughs> <laughs> because uh, we signed up for this uh, pun races, and uh, on I, I've signed up for us on our behalf because part of what we do is we imbue Star Wars with everything that we do, and the amount yeah, of Star Wars puns that we use every day, we are going to put our foot in the door. In our mouth. <laughs> <laughs> that um, too. I, you know, 
I almost feel bad for him because <laughs> I feel like he's bringing a knife to a gunfight. Because <laughs> we've literally been doing this for decades. Well, let's let's just say that the the examples that he's done over the past few weeks about this, um, we're gonna have to be on point. And we we're, there's, apparently there's a time limit. We don't know what the subject is going to be, so we're going to have to be on our toes. This is going to be a lot of fun, and it's going to be live. So uh, that's coming this summer. So Live on YouTube? Live on YouTube, yeah. Oh, no. You know, it's confirmed he's a clone. Um, he's had yeah. at least yeah. four clones, um, right. and they're released in... The problem is the fourth clone is a clone of a clone. You're right. So that's why it's a little messed up. Yeah, well, that's it. And I don't, don't want to say anything. Uh-huh. But, like, you know when you make a copy of a copy? Yes. It's, it's, the degradation is not so good. Yeah. yeah. And we're not so, sure if Cam is actually a degradation copy or the original, so. Good Lord. If, <laughs> if, his, if his talent is degradated, um, <laughs> degraded, then um, degradated. It's degradated because it's a copy of a copy. Yeah, yeah. Um, if if his, his talent in this, you know, <laughs> B-list version of uh, clone <laughs> is to be believed, then uh, we would have been in trouble before. Big time. <laughs> so we've got that to look forward to uh, this summer at some point. To look forward to. Look forward to. Yeah. See, there we go. There's a perfect example. Yeah. So uh, I think that takes care of this episode. I guess um, we're online. Well, you're online. I don't do anything. Uh, <laughs> We have the Facebook.com slash conversations. Um, the website, the flagship of the uh, mm -hmm. of the interwebs is our conversations.com and uh, Twitter at Suations. We've got the t-shirts. The We're not even doing t-shirts. We've got to do more t-shirts. I know. I have an idea for a t-shirt. Okay. Oh, nice. I have a couple ideas for some okay. t-shirts. Um, they just have to come. They just have to come to me. Don't yeah. worry about it. We'll figure it out. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, you know, we've got the Instagram. Yeah, that's our, uh, that's our online ecosystem. You can find our podcast. If you're listening to this right now, you're obviously listening to it on a podcast obviously catcher. You found it somewhere. <laughs> so ideally you would subscribe and pull down all of our episodes, you know, review and rate us is, is a great thing. We've got yeah. some great reviews and, um, they keep growing and we are appreciative of that. We're part of the red five network, uh, an amazing and growing network of not just Star Wars podcasts, but nerd and geekdom culture, pop culture. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it fills many hours of commute time for me and Pat as well. Every Thursday we publish a AirPod squad and it's the list of podcasts that we've listened to in the past week. It's a great resource. We feel of positive, fun, entertaining, and ultimately all these shows bring a smile to your face. So if you want to follow us for that, that's a great, uh, great way of doing that as well. Yeah. So, um, you know, and again, if you do like our stuff, we are conversations. And if you don't, um, then we're the Scarf Scuttlebutt podcast. <laughs> my name is Ro Gazda. So, uh, I guess that makes me Brad. I guess so. <laughs> Who's Chantal? <laughs> <laughs> Whoop. We Way love you, Ro. We love you, Brad. We love you, Chantel. <laughs> <laughs> that does it for All us. Right. 
yeah, that does it for the show. That does it for us being included in the Red 5 Network. <laughs> and we're back. This is Conversations, formerly of the Red 5 Network. and um, Flying solo. We have no followers. Because uh, he abandoned us when we got kicked out. So, um, that being said. The Force will be with you. Always. Nice. Greetings, listener. Just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the Red 5 Network family. Red5network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love. So the next time you're itching for quality content, make sure you head over to Red5network.com. You'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more. All wings report in. It's the Red 5 Network. <laughs>